We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We are live on the Roto-Wire Fantasy Baseball Podcast brought to you by Underdog Fantasy and Fantrax. I'm Drew Silva. With me here is Chris Crawford. It is Sunday, March 26th. Absolutely beautiful day in St. Louis. I'm glad to be nice. spending it on the internet with you, Chris. <laughs> um, we'll be wrapping up our category preview series on this episode with saves. You can check back in the Roto-Wire Fantasy Baseball Podcast archives for our earlier shows covering batting average, runs scored, home runs, RBIs, stolen bases, wins, ERA, whip, and strikeouts. Uh, let's jump into some headlines real quick. Uh, opening day rosters coming into form. A lot of announcements in that regard on, on Saturday and Sunday. Big news out of Cardinals camp on Sunday morning was Jordan Walker is officially making the team. Um, I'm excited. I, I am a, a Cardinals fan for sure. our listeners that don't know. And I, I think he's done all the proving that he had to do this spring. I get he's skipping AAA, um, which is a big jump. And he's going to be an everyday player. Like they're not just bringing him up just to to be a bench bat. This is it's go time. Um, and I'm I'm really excited. Like the dude is a monster. And you know if he's ready, he's ready. And I, he's cooled off a bit. Like in the Grapefruit League, he was off to mm-hmm. an incredible start over the first two three weeks, and that has faded somewhat. There was a little bit of a shoulder scare. Um, I guess that was last week, and, and maybe you, you tie that into some of him dropping off. But he was also just on such a pace that it was unsustainable. Right. I know you're a, you're a prospect guy. Um, we've been excited about Jordan Walker for a long time. Yeah. What are you feeling? Well, I, I know. I mean, I know. I know baseball is hard. I'm trying to like yeah. temper my yeah. expectations, sure. but I'm yeah. I'm really excited. You should, you should be excited. He is one of the most exciting young players in baseball already. My my one concern about what I've seen from Walker, and I've watched a lot of him this spring because he's fun to watch. The patience at the plate has not been great. Uh, 13 to 1 strikeout to walk ratio. Some of that is because pitchers have been aggressive, but you would like to see a little more patience. The reason I'm not too concerned about that is he's shown patience at every other level, and I imagine that he will uh, go through some ups and downs, similar to Julio Rodriguez. Look, there was some talk about whether or not the Mariners should send Julio Rodriguez down at the end of April because he was really struggling, had some bad luck with some called third strike calls, of course. At the end, it worked out pretty well. And I'm not expecting Julio, uh, Jordan Walker to be Julio Rodriguez because Julio Rodriguez is just a different skill set. Similar offensive upside in terms of power and homer, but 
a legitimate 80 runner where Jordan Walker just isn't that, but he has all of the tools to be successful. And I love the fact that he's going to be hitting in the middle of a really good St. Louis lineup. So I have super question marks about their pitching staff. You bet your sweet bippy I do, but that lineup is really good, really good. All of those guys, I think you could project to be above average OPS plus 100 guys, like 105 to 115 across the board. And some guys who could be a lot hotter, higher than that too. And the, Reigning MVP in Nolan Arenado. So, yeah, long story short, I think Jordan Walker is going to have some ups and downs, but there's going to be a lot more ups, I think, for because this guy, we're talking 70 hit and 70 power, and you just don't see that from a young player very often. Yeah, I, I don't think he's going to hit for like a great batting average, um, or at least not in this first year. And, and I don't, th- yeah, I don't think he stole some bases in the minors. I wouldn't expect that to be a big part of his like fantasy profile moving forward. Um, but when he connects, man, the ball goes very far. Cause he's a large gentleman at, at such a young age. He is. And I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't understand what the Cardinals are thinking pitching wise. Um, it's that rotation could just be a disaster. I mean, already lost Adam Wainwright and he wasn't, you know, throwing the ball very well this spring anyway. No. And then, I don't know if, if they like suffer one more injury, like they're counting on Jack Flaherty and Steven Matz a lot. Yeah. And I, I yeah. would, I'm worried about that, but man, this offense, like I was on a, a Cardinals podcast last Thursday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Last Thursday and the Viva Alberto's podcast. And like, you just go through the names in this lineup. What, what I'm really excited about is they have a legitimate, they have legitimate leadoff options now in Brendan Donovan and Lars Newpar. They were kind of trying to force Tommy Edmond into that role. And I bet he will still get looks at leadoff, but sure. Donovan, what what he got on base at such a high clip as a rookie seems to have added some power to his game this spring too. And and Newpar became a global superstar in the in the World Baseball Classic. And then Goldschmidt Arnado. Wilson Contreras, you don't have like a, a free spot at the catcher position for an opposing pitcher anymore. Like no. we have a, a we the Cardinals have a catcher now yeah. that can really hit. I mean, Tyler O'Neill, if he stays healthy, you know, he he drew down ballot MVP consideration. Um, we'll see what this does to like Dylan Carlson. I I I, I don't know. I, I Jordan Walker could DH a bit, like he he makes mm-hmm. sense in that role, but they're gonna want him to develop as a defender, he came up as a third baseman. He's still kind of yes. learning the corner outfield. So they're going to want him out there a lot. Um, and I just looking at the numbers from last year and the situation as it is, I think Carlson is probably the person that loses playing time here. We'll, we'll see what, what the health situation is with O'Neal. He's, he's had some right. durability issues throughout his career, but. Doesn't um, a Carlson yeah. trade for a starting pitcher just make a ton of sense at this point too, especially with, like Alec Burleson probably can't play center field. In fact, I know he can't play center field, but he can handle a corner outfield position. He can play first base. Like it makes so much sense. And yeah, you're probably trading him at the lowest point of his value over the past few years, but somebody's going to be interested in that guy. I was thinking in my head just a little bit ago, like I wonder if a Dylan Carlson, Chris Flexen trade would make sense with, uh, probably some other pieces going different ways because I think Carlson yeah. still probably has higher value, but Flexen makes a lot of sense. I think for that rotation, isn't going to play in Seattle. You add Carlson to an outfield group that is talented, but a little bit unproven and Tiosca Hernandez, not a great defender. We know Dylan Carlson at least can play defense. I think I might've just worked out a pretty interesting little trade scenario there. 
I I would be on board with that. Yeah, I think the Cardinals would want maybe like a a B level prospect thrown in sure. there or just a reliever. You know, they could yeah. use some some relief. Well, Seattle has plenty of those too. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and we're solving the world's problems yeah. today. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Um, some other opening day roster news: both Jared Schuster and Dylan Dodd are going to be mm-hmm. in the Braves rotation at least through the first turn. Kyle Wright opening the season on the IL. Um, I mean, like the the talk this this story with the talk was which one of them is going to win it, and now we get to see them both debut within the first five games of the season. Both 24 years old. Spencer Strider's 24 years old as well. Like, man, I'm jealous of, yes. of what the Braves have have cooking. Yeah. I think pretty much every organization in baseball is. And oh, well, for sure. Um, I don't. This is kind of a situation where this fifth starter spot, the the competition is going to carry into the regular season. I don't, I don't know which of those two kind of wins out. It, it might just mm-hmm. come down to performance. Like very simple math. Um, are you feeling those guys as, as streamers out of the gate or like, you know, if you still have a draft coming up over these next few days, or I, I don't know if I would, I would draft either of them necessarily, unless it's a really deep league. Yeah. Um, but you know, streamers first week streamers, it's kind of intriguing. I, yeah. I, I don't, I, I need to pull up their schedule. What? Well, that's the facing. reason why is because I'm pretty sure both of them have to face against the Cardinals in that first start. And that is, not interesting to me for all the reasons that we just talked about. That is not a very friendly. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that both of those guys are scheduled to face off against St. Louis. And I think that's a tough matchup for left-handed pitching. And I'm not super sold on either of them as fantasy pitchers anyway. Like this is, these are not guys who have elite swing and miss stuff. They are guys who have really good command. They are guys that, especially Dodd, he just throws everything for strikes. My buddy, Mark Bellman of, who actually doesn't know me, but I'm calling him a buddy anyway, made a joke that Dodd gets ahead 0-2 more, or gets to 0-2 more often than the Atlanta Falcons, which is really, really funny and mean at the same time. But both of those guys are command over stuff, guys. And yeah, Atlanta should give them plenty of win chances because I think Atlanta is going to be really good. But I think you get in trouble with fantasy profiles like this because they are more strikeouts with deception in the minor leagues than they are with pure stuff. And a lot of times, and in fact, more than a lot of times, most of the time that doesn't carry over into the highest level. You know what I just did, Chris, is I pulled up Rotowire's projected starters grid, which, you know, <laughs> um, which is a great tool. And Attaboy. so Schuster is Schuster is lined up to start at Washington. Okay. Um, that's friendly. on Sunday. So, so, yeah, this time next week, and then Dodd will get at St. Louis. Yeah, not friendly. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I, I, I mean, hey, man, Bush Stadium is a very pitcher-friendly ballpark, but that's yeah. one where I'd be a little bit, I'd be, I'd, I probably would fade that as a, as a streaming option. But what a great litmus test that is. Like, if you see him pitch sure. well against St. Louis, against that lineup with those right-handed options, yeah, great going forward. And maybe you add him so that, because if he pitches well against St. Louis, the chances of him being available for the next start are slim. And we don't know yeah. how long either one is going to be up. Kyle Wright is going to start the year on the injured list. It could be a short stay with shoulders. You just don't know. And Atlanta is going to take precautions. They do have depth in their rotation. There's a reason why they've got guys like Ian Anderson still waiting in the wings as well. Hopefully. Soroka. Yeah, Soroka as well. There's a lot of depth there. So if those guys struggle, there are other options for these guys. And they will be cautious with right for sure. But yeah, maybe you add Dodd and if he pitches well, great. You've got him for your rotation. If he pitches poorly, 
that's a very easy drop. There are plenty of guys to go out and get instead. Uh, Johnny Brito, it looks like, will be the Yankees' fifth starter because Luis Severino is is joining the their crew that's going to be sitting on the injured list come opening day. I he wasn't really on the radar for me coming mm-hmm. into to camp. He looked really sharp on on Sunday afternoon. I think he was at five scoreless innings when we started this recording. Um, I I know I, I'm just looking at the minor league stats. You you know him better than I do. It looks like there's not a ton of swing and miss in that arsenal. Like right. maybe a bit more of a command guy too. Are you in, intrigued by him at all? And and I'm you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to pull up the projected starter grid on RotoWire again and, and find out who he's going to be facing. Yeah, that's a great idea. He's at least interesting, but as again, it's the type of thing that I think fantasy managers can get in a lot of trouble with is looking at the stats and realizing. Look, he throws everything for strikes, and he's got four pitches. He throws a fastball. He throws a change. Fastball's above average. Change is above average. Maybe plus. I mean, that is a nice thing to have. It's worth pointing out that he's 25. He is pretty much done with his developmental cycle. I'm intrigued only because of the fact that he's going to be on the Yankees, and I think the Yankees are going to be good, so we've got some W chances here. I don't think he's going to miss enough bats to actually be fantasy relevant, based on what I've seen from his stuff. This is not a guy I think who is going to pile up the swings and misses And again, deception is great, but deception is not the same thing when you're facing guys in Scranton Wilkes-Barre as it is when you're facing off against the Giants or somebody who's as a Major League Baseball lineup. Maybe should have picked a better team than the Giants for that analogy. But if you get my point, Major League hitters are really, really good. I like the fact that Burrito is going to have this opportunity. I'm pretty skeptical that this is actually a real thing. He's got Phillies on his first turn, assuming it lines up and he actually pitches the fifth game. And then it'll be at Cleveland for his next turn, assuming that all lines up. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I would maybe kind of watch that that situation play out. Um, don't rush out necessarily to get him. But, hey, if, if he looks good against that Phillies lineup, and I know they've taken some injury hits, but mm-hmm. um, he's another guy who, who could be very popular in, in the first fab run. Um as we get going, um, I wanted to, to talk to you about some some win totals. So I posted my first actually ever article on, on RotoWire. Nice was five overs and five unders for the 2023 season. I don't want to spoil the whole thing. Uh, RotoWire subscribers can go and check it out. I, I tweeted it out. Um, I, I, any anything in, intriguing? D- did you did you like at least comb through the article anything that you agreed with or disagreed with, with some of those or are there win total plays that, that, that speak to you that, that are on the board right now? So I did come through it and I did enjoy it. Um, it was very rude of you to send it to me at two o'clock in the morning. Like I, I get it, Drew, you were excited about your first article, but like there's gotta be boundaries. There has to be a time and a place for you to send me your stuff. And that time is not 2 a.m. I don't care how excited you are about it. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I, I, your I, time or my time? Uh, I don't know because I made the whole thing up that we were just talking about because uh, oh, okay. it's, it's funny radio. Um, I, I uh, Funny radio, by the way. Uh, I will say I've been looking and I will say that at the DraftKings ones, I thought yours were awesome. But there was a couple things that stood out to me that I wanted to ask you about. So at DraftKings... They have a team prop here for the most regular season wins by any team is over 105.5. I'd be real tempted to bet the under on that, wouldn't you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I, 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 
Unfortunately, I can't actually place wagers here in Missouri, but I'm thinking Same about here, driving Washington over to State. Illinois. To, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and the under is minus 125. The over of 105.5 wins is plus 105. So they, you know, this is people, people other than us like that under too. Yeah. But with the, with the balanced schedule and yep. I don't, like the Dodgers didn't do a ton over the off season. I, I don't think they're the team that gets there. Um, I, like which, which team gets to 106 that's wins. A, that's like yeah. a really special season. Yeah. And I'm not really seeing it. I, I, the blue Jays are, are one of my favorite overs. They're at 91 and a half wins. I love that. Over I could see too. them. If, if it all clicks for them, I could see them make, <sighs> make it a run. It's so the Yankees already kind of have some pitching issues. Like yeah. the Mets are, you know, loaded with salary. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I think it could be really good, but, but you know, they, they're relying on some very veteran aces um, to, to get through. I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't really see it. Maybe the Braves, but again, with all these teams, I, I think they're going to come in under 106 wins. I think it's a very good play. That's so many wins. Like that is such a hard number to hit that I really do think betting the under would be what I would do again as a Washington state guy. I am not able to do it as well. Uh, a couple that I did like, though, looking for overs was I like the Texas Rangers, man. And I know there's a ton of risk with this roster, and I think they might be a year or two away. But, man, at the, I think the over when I was looking at it, of course, my screen just froze, but I believe it was at like 83.5 It with the balanced schedule. It would be nice if they got a whole bunch of games against AA Midland, a.k.a. the Oakland Athletics, who, by the way, uh, I would be very tempted to bet they're under if it wasn't a ridiculous number like 59 or 60. It's just everybody lucks into a similar win total. But in terms of talent, they're as bad the as I have seen. Go ahead. I don't mean to cut you off, but the Rangers are 82 and a half. I, 82 I and a half. Yeah, I, I love over. the over for that. I love the over for that. Even if Jacob deGrom isn't healthy for that eight, for a full year, I still like that rotation. I love the lineup. Corey Seager was one of the most unlucky hitters in baseball. Marcus Simeon got off to as poor of a start as possible, but was one of the best second basemen in baseball afterwards. They got better. I think that they have the necessary talent in their farm system to make trades. I like the over for them. And I also like the over for the Twins at 83.5. I don't love the AL Central. Again, the balance schedule is going to be tough. But you look at that rotation, and everybody is a number two or number three starter on that team. I love the bullpen. We'll talk a little bit about a couple of arms in that bullpen, I'm sure. It's a good team. It's a winnable division. Balance schedule, yada, yada, yada. I still think that they're going to have a chance to be in playoff contention, a system that could make some moves that we saw them do last year. They made a bunch of moves without really attacking their best prospects. Christian Encarnacion Strand would probably like a word with me about that now. But at the time, certainly wasn't considered one of the top prospects. I like the Twins at over at 83.5 quite a bit. There's volatility in both of those teams, but I can see these being 88 to 90 win teams pretty easily. I I find it strange that the White Sox are at 82 and a half. Like, mm. that's the same as where the Rangers are. And I know last year was like an incredible disappointment, but so much bad luck with injuries. Like they didn't have their core pieces in the lineup together, like ever, you know, like the yeah. entire season and Tony LaRusso's not there. Like I, uh, um, Hi, Tony. I, 
Yeah, and all right, maybe Dylan Cease doesn't exactly repeat what he did sure. last year, but I think Lucas Giolito should be better. Yeah. Lance Lynn looks healthier. Um, I know he, he's getting up there, but he's still like a workhorse. Yeah. Uh, Michael Kopech is a big X factor. He he kind of had a mini breakout last year moving into a starting role. I think he can be better um, mm-hmm. with an increase in, in workload. Um, we're, yeah, we're going to talk about their bullpen situation here in a bit, too, because that's certainly an interesting one. But I, I, I really like them over 82 and a half. And then when it comes to unders, man, like I think the Rockies are going to be so terrible. Oh, yeah, me too. Um, and that one that stood out. That's at Yeah, that's at 66. It's, it's at 65 and a half. Some books, if you can find it, 66. I'd hammer that under, man. I and and I know like even the worst teams in baseball tend to get to sixty wins, but with the pitch clock coming to Coors Field, like it's gonna be a nightmare, dude. Um, yeah, I I and they they don't have the arms to hold up to it. You know, Antonio Senzatella is gonna come back maybe. You know, May uh, he tore his ACL last year at Bush Stadium actually, um, but I they they don't have the arms. I think Herman Marquez. This is finally the year where he probably gets traded. Uh, Chris Bryant with the plantar fasciitis and the back issues last year, he's had a nice spring. So that's encouraging. Mm-hmm. Um, but I worry that, you know, the more he's on that left foot, the more it's going to start barking as the season goes along. They've already lost some, some guys that they were going to re- rely on for the year and, and Sean Bouchard and Brendan Rogers. I believe those are both going to be season ending injuries. Um, so, you know. Yeah, that's uh, that's a bad start to a not very good baseball team is all I was going to say. Uh, I one other team I was thinking about for unders is the Giants. It, yeah, the Giants. Man, I hate saying it because they they seem to. This is just based on gut feel. They always seem to overperform or underperform. There, there is no in between. I think can't remember the last time the Giants were just an average baseball team. I have some real question marks about that lineup. I really don't know how many runs they're going to be able to score. I think the pitching's okay. We'll talk about a little bit about their bullpen as well. Should be decent, but I do have some question marks in that regard as well. I just don't see them being a f- above five hundred or close to five hundred baseball team. I can see this yeah, being, and that's yeah. yeah. I think this perception that they're like able to, you know, tr- make magic happen out uh-huh. of, you know, not so great rosters. Cause they've done it so many times in the past, yes, they but have. I, I think that perception is baked into the win total where it is at 81 and a half. Like to yeah. me, this does not look like a team that's like that. That lineup is not a 500 lineup. It's really, yeah. really bad. And if like I, I, I said in the article, like Michael Conforto is probably the only guy you can dream on to, be like a a per, like a per, a consistently right. productive hitter and he missed all of last year so we don't really That's know right. what we're getting there coming yeah. off the shoulder surgery um I, I like tyros estrada a little bit in fantasy because he's versatile and he has some speed and you know he yeah. had that mini breakout last year but he's not like a game-changing player you know no. he's like a nice piece to have yeah um and and i i i guess the pitching is could be good, but honestly, beyond Logan Webb, I'm not like super confident in, in any of their starters. Like Fair. Alex Cobb, Ross Stripling. I don't know. I, I I think they I think it I think I said in the article it trends more toward mediocre to me than good. That's fair. 
if that's, yeah, that's fair. I, yeah. yeah, that is fair. And uh, mainly because we're talking about fantasy baseball and saying something is unfair to say would be stupid. Um, but yeah, I think that I think that's all fair. I do love Logan Webb. I think he is an exceptional pitcher. And I, I mentioned Alex Cobb as a potential ERA sleeper because he had some really bad luck in the 2022 season. But he's not getting younger, and this is not its staff of a bunch of young dudes. This is Logan Webb, certainly a young guy. It's a lot of aged veterans who are going to have to have as good of seasons, if not better, than they've had during their prime in order for this team to be competitive. It's asking an awful lot, especially when you're going to have a lot of three-run games from your offense uh, in 2023. The Guardians I included as an under two. They're at eighty six and a half. That, that's that's a tricky team. Real tricky. Um, obviously, Jose Ramirez is a superstar. Yeah. Uh, fantasy or or anything. Um, mm-hmm. But I think you can poke a lot of holes in that lineup. It, they, they did not hit for power last year, and it, it worked fine because the Twins and, and White Sox, you know, both greatly disappointed. Um, and they, you know, they had this contact based approach. Does it work better with the pitch clock? Some of the rule changes, I maybe. Um, I I think after Shane Bieber, I I like Tristan McKenzie fine. I, I think he's going a little early in drafts. Mm-hmm. Um, we Ryan and I talked about that on our strikeouts episode. He, he's kind of a fade for me in the strikeouts department. I think he's good, but I, I don't think he's like, you know, a dominant type of starter. Um, and Cal Quantrill has kind of been like a sleeper at times, but I I don't really see him being like a stud. They have a lot of they have a lot of bullpen arms and a lot of them turned in incredible numbers last year, but we know we're talking relievers on this episode in a little bit. We know the volatility there. I'm not expecting ERAs of ones from all those or or twos from all those guys again this year. It's 86 and a half seems low for a team that, you know, just won the the division last year um, and did add, you know, Mike Zanino and and Josh Bell. They added some power, but I, I don't think that really puts them, over the top. I, I think they could be in for some serious regression this year. You know, Central's going to be weird, man. Like, it's better than it was the previous couple of years. Uh, but Kansas City went backwards, I think. Detroit went backwards. And then we'll just see which of the three of Minnesota, Cleveland, and Chicago rises to the top. I think it might be the one division where I could see three winners. Actually, I guess the NL East as well is one where I could see three winners as well. But Man, that that Cleveland team has as wide a range of outcomes, I think, as any team in baseball. Yeah, I think my favorite bet, I'll just put it out there, is is the White Sox over eighty two and a half. I, I mean, like when when you're betting, you kind of want to. It's like after if a good basketball team loses one night, you know, they're it'll affect the way that they're looked at the next night, but they still have that talent. And I think the White Sox are still a very talented team. That's kind of just the analogy that I'd make. Like they're, they're kind of a, a sleeper team this year. If, if it all works out for them, they're a world series contender. Like I, and, and for the, for the win total to be that low, I, I would take advantage of it. That's, that's going to be my favorite bet on the board. What's yours Rangers. That seems like too risky to be. Your yeah. Pro- the Rangers is probably not my, I, I'm going with the twins again. Part of this is because I loved what the twins did during that trade deadline and I want to see them rewarded for it. But I think that's a much better roster than an 84 win roster. And, and again, I get there are some serious health concerns here, but if that rotation can stay healthy and with that bullpen 
And if you can make Byron Buxton, you know, if being a DH for or most of the year is what's going to keep that guy on the field. And if Joey Gallo can be a the player that he was, if Joey Gallo is the player he was for the Dodgers rather than he was for the Yankees, that's going to be a massive addition for that team. I know the batting yeah. average is still super low, but he's a good defensive player with a ton of power. If he can be that player, that's going to be huge for them. I like their depth. They already sent Bailey Ober, who would be in a majority of start. Maybe Bailey Ober for Dylan Carlson is a trade that we could have talked about as well. But Bailey Ober was sent down today. That's a a heck of a six starter. He was excellent last year. They're a really good baseball team. It just so many things went wrong to end last year. And I think that's being laid a little too far into their win total to begin 2023. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, we'll jump into relievers. We delayed as long as we could. Uh, but first, <laughs> the, 
The fantasy baseball season is underway, and there's no better place to play than Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy baseball. Right now, Underdog has MLB best ball tournaments going live, including the Dinger, which has 500 grand in total prizes. In best ball, all you're doing is you join a contest, you draft your team, and that's it. There are no waivers, no trades, no in-season management. Draft 20 rounds of players and get the best cumulative scores in your starting lineup. Three pitchers, three infielders, three outfielders, one flex each week of the regular season. Getting started is simple. Go to underdogfantasy.com, sign up with the promo code RWMLB, and not only will Underdog double your initial deposit up to $100, but you'll also get six months of our RotoWire subscription for free. Again, that's Underdog Fantasy promo code RWMLB. Draft your 100K Dinger team today. If you're looking for a place to customize your fantasy league and play a variety of formats, we cannot recommend fan tracks enough. Create the scoring systems that you want to play with, tweak how waivers work, category, scoring system, schedule. Fan tracks offers custom solutions for all of that and more, and it's all free. I'm in a slow draft on, on fan tracks right now with you, Chris, and with Ryan. Uh, closing in on the final few rounds. It's been a seamless process throughout. I love being able to to check in on the Fantrax app. You can make picks from there for a slow draft, or you can just do a standard draft on Fantrax in this final stretch before opening day. Great, Still still time to, to fit those in. Great interface with the, the way the draft is presented, the ability to customize everything that your league would want to. Big fan of running all of my drafts and leagues on Fantrax. Sign up for free today and be entered to win an official MLB signed jersey from Vladimir Guerrero Jr. All Fantrax users will also be entered in their MLB game day experience giveaway, which includes free tickets and $1,000 for travel and accommodations for you and your league mates. Simply go to Fantrax.com slash rotowire and sign up today. That's F-A-N-T-R-A-X.com slash rotowire. Looking Real to quick, attend Drew, some games. Uh, yeah, good. No, I just wanted to say it is a little funny that our slow draft is being affected by somebody who works for Underdog Fantasy. Hayden Winks, if you are listening to this, oh my gosh, how many times are you going to get auto, dude? How am I supposed to take your wide receiver ranking seriously when you can't make a pick in five hours? Yeah. That whole side of uh, the the draft just seems to be chilling. I, I think they forgot they signed up for the league. <laughs> so um, look oh. at this. One, one more little live read here. <laughs> I like that. Looking to attend some games this summer. Baseball is back. Swing into the MLB season with vivid seats and score tickets to all of the hottest matchups and biggest games of the year. Every crack of the bat, every deep center fly, every heart-pounding double play of your favorite team live and in person. Plus, with Vivid Seats Rewards, now you earn rewards with every single purchase. Each ticket you buy gets you closer to your reward. Just buy 10 tickets, then simply cash in your credit toward your 11th ticket purchase. It's that easy. Pro reward tip, buy tickets for your whole group, split the bill, and make progress toward your own free 11th ticket even faster. From behind the plate to upper deck, Vivid Seats has great tickets for all the 2023 baseball games that matter to you. Just visit vividseats.com or download the Vivid Seats app today. Experience it live. See vividseats.com slash rewards for terms and conditions. All right, let's get into it. Sleepers, fades, all of the fun stuff with saves. Um, I guess I think we probably share some general ideas about how, how to attack relievers and the way that this whole situation has gone. Like It's certainly one of the most frustrating elements of fantasy baseball managing, tracking bullpen depth charts, 
which is honestly why you should just subscribe to Rotowire because we'll mm-hmm. do that for you. We got closer grids always updated on on every team, and you don't really have to think so hard about it and, and beat your league mates to the waiver wire to, to pick the next guy. That would be my pro tip. It's a good pro tip. That is as Thank good you. a tip as you can give. That's uh, yeah, like that's it's important too because I think this is one situation that is can be kind of hard to monitor over 162 game season. Like, yeah, you just kind of assume that some guys are going to be set it and forget it, but because of the way baseball is changing, there aren't a ton of those guys. And that's why you have to value those guys a little higher. Those guys that are just set ninth inning relievers who are very good at their job, going to miss bats and save guys. There's only like three or four of those guys now. And I think they have to go high. (laughs) Unfortunately, I took one of those guys in our slow draft very high in Edward Diaz, and oh boy, that is why slow drafts can be great, and sometimes slow drafts are not the best, because I will be paying for that decision for sure in the year of our Lord 2023. But yeah, the check out those that stuff, because it's so easy to kind of just forget about who the heck is established as a closer and who isn't, and that's one of the great things about Rotowire is to have that information. Yeah, that's that's a tough look, Chris, being being left holding huh. Edwin Diaz bag in a yeah. six by six league too, where you know yeah. saves are a little bit, you know, not as valuable as maybe they are in, in five by five standard leagues. Uh, yeah. the leaders in saves from last year, let me run through the leaderboard real quick. Kenley Jansen led the way with Atlanta at forty eight. Emmanuel Classe was at forty six, Jordan Romano at forty two, Liam Hendricks, we could talk about him in a bit. Uh, at 41, Taylor Rogers, Josh Hader, Daniel Bard, Ryan Presley, your boy Edwin Diaz, Gregory yeah. Soto, Camillo Duvall, Jorge Lopez, Scott Barlow, David Robertson, Craig Kimbrell, Tanner Scott, Clay Holmes. That was a surprise, but he, he was mm-hmm. great. Paul Seawald, David Bednar, and then Ryan Helsley are most of the guys that at least got over 20 saves. And yeah, like you said, there just aren't many every year. There's fewer and fewer like locked in saves guys like that. You know that the team's going to use him in that role because teams are getting smarter. And really, you just want to use your best relievers in situations to put out fires or to get through the heart of a lineup, whether that's in the sixth, seventh or eighth inning that you're not necessarily saving your best guy for the ninth inning these days. Um, Looking at the betting odds leaders to pace the leagues in saves this year, I feel like I don't know. You're either like a total degenerate if you're betting futures on, on a saves leader, or it's, it, maybe it's like smart because I don't know. There's so much variance in, in how this is going to shake out. So Jordan Romano and Emmanuel Classe are, are plus 600. They're both the lead favorites. Josh Hader plus 750. Duvall is plus 800. Uh, Ryan Presley and, and Bednar are plus 1100. Rysel Iglesias is at plus 1200. He's going to be hurt going into the year. We'll talk about that. Uh, Felix Bautista at plus 1700 Kenley Jansen now with the Red Sox is at plus 1800 Bard is at plus 1800 Devin Williams plus 1900 that's kind of intriguing Kyle Finnegan Mm -hmm. of the great nationals is at plus 2500 anyone on this list that you you would feel confident in or any kind of long shot play that that intrigues you You have that that list pulled up right yeah absolutely um so I will say that it could be both of what you were just describing, degenerate and smart, because <laughs> this is such a category that has so much volatility because of the difference between just uh, one team scoring one more run and making it a four-run game instead of a three-run game. All of a sudden takes you away from that statistic. 
I think Kendall Graveman at 60 to one is kind of interesting. Like they've said that they're not going to go with a set closer, but if you think the White Sox are going to be good and a lot of teams will say, we don't have a set closer and guess what happens? A closer emerges a guy and he has the most experience in that bullpen. He's also not the best reliever on the team in my personal opinion. So if you're, you're not, this isn't necessarily the guy you have to have in, in the eighth inning in a, two, three, four situation. This is not one of those things. I think they may feel most comfortable with him. And if the White Sox are good, I certainly could see him. And at 60 to one, lay a couple bucks down and uh, go on a dune buggy ride or something like that. And I would say also Alexis Diaz is interesting because I could see him playing for a different team. I could see him getting a yeah, bunch of saves for the, get a bunch of saves for the Reds. And then he can move on uh, to a good team and get a bunch of saves. So at 40 to one, again, I'm not laying big time, cash on this i'm not laying any cash on this because i um can't and probably wouldn't to be honest with you anyway but they would be intriguing just because those odds are so long pete fairbakes is is way down there and at plus 6500 and i know it's it's the rays uh but you and i have talked about this before the the rays do what they do because they have to like yeah you know they use their pitchers in, in weird situations because you know they don't have a ton of money to throw at the problem i think Kevin Cash has proven that when he like finds his guys, he'll run them as normal pitchers. Like that yeah. goes for starters. And I think it goes for relievers. So like if Fairbanks proves that he's, you know, best suited in that closer role, you could see him getting a lot of save chances. Um, I really like him in fantasy. He seems more solid to me than maybe the perception of, of what he is and how the Rays function. Yeah, that's totally fair. I, I do think that there is another guy who could be in line for saves here that we'll talk about in a second, but at 65 to one, it's real easy to make a a big profit off a team that should be pretty good. I'm not completely sold on the Rays. I think they may be with the Giants in terms of the widest range of outcomes just because of what else there is in the American League, but it's easy to see them winning 80 to 85 games, and if he gets safe chances in 65% of those, he could be the league leader. Yep. All right. Give me your first sleeper in the in the saves category. So I don't believe in Craig Kimbrell whatsoever. So I'm going with Sir Anthony Dominguez because I do think that he is the best reliever on that staff. And I do think that that's a team where stability is going to become really important in the early part of the season, especially because they are without Bryce Harper. There's out without Reese Hoskins. They want to keep this close while the division is still winnable in the early portion. And with Atlanta and with the Mets, even with them losing Edwin Diaz, it's going to be really important to keep it close because those are two of the best teams in the National League. And I I was so impressed with, with what I saw from Dominguez and so unimpressed with what I saw from Kimbrough last year that I really think, and yeah, maybe Gregory Soto and his absolutely no idea where the baseball is going could get a chance for some save chances too. But I like the floor of Dominguez a lot, and I'd still want him on my roster even as a not-safe guy because I think he's going to have low rates pretty much everywhere. But I do think he has a chance to be a real helper in the save category. I'm going to throw Evan Phillips there, Um, and I don't know how the Dodgers' bullpen is going to shake out. Really, their entire pitching depth chart is is a little confusing, but, but there's a lot of talent there. And Dave Roberts... Dodgers manager Dave Roberts has traditionally liked to have someone locked into the ninth inning role. He's a fairly like traditional manager, even though the Dodgers are just run so smartly. 
Um, I, I and maybe Roberts doesn't make a lot of the calls for like what the lineup and what the roster is going to be, but you know he he's the guy that's calling the arms in from the bullpen, and I I think he's going to find his guy here, and I think it could be Phillips, who you know he was a what a waiver claim yeah. from the Rays in like August two thousand twenty one. And was just amazing last year. A 1.14 ERA, 77 strikeouts, 0.76 whip in 63 innings for the Dodgers. He's been dominant this spring. I don't. I think he's allowed like one hit across his seven innings this spring. No runs. Um, I think he's he's yeah. I'm pulling it up. He's given up one walk. I this he's this is what happens with relievers sometimes. It's like, can I trust this guy? But. I mean, you could say that for every dude on the board, especially because Edwin Diaz isn't on there anymore. Yeah. Um, and I think Phillips could be the guy that runs away with with that role, and he's going really late in drafts. Like, maybe that'll yep. change in, in drafts that are going to happen over these these final four days before we get to opening day because it's looking like he might be the primary guy. Um, and the Dodgers do have a lot of options. They can throw a lot of different – you know, solutions at the problem. Um, but I, I, I think Phillips is certainly a guy that could, could emerge with the, the primary hold on that, that closer role for what should be one of the best teams in baseball. I mean, one way or another, somebody is going to win that job for the Dodgers. I think, I don't think this is a scenario where you're going to see like three or four guys fend up with like 15 saves. Somebody's going to get super underdrafted and be one of the best fantasy steals in baseball. And it would be, why I'd be tempted to draft Phillips at the end of drafts if he's still available and bruised our Gratterall and find out which one yep. of those guys, because you're going to churn through the bottom of your roster anyway. Having one of the closers of the Dodgers with this stupid stat meaning so much is an awfully valuable thing to have. I don't think this guy is quite as uh, in a good a situation for the reasons that we just talked about before. And Pete Fairbanks certainly has a chance to be the lockdown closer for them. But Jason Adam was really good last year, and I do think he's going to get his chances to get saves with them as well. And it's similar to me with Dominguez, where he is the rare reliever guy that I'm kind of considering because I think the rates are going to be so good. Um, you know, I won't talk about how much I disagree with everything he believes in, but I do know that when he's on the mound, he is a very, very good pitcher. And I think Tampa Bay will give him some save chances. Certainly would rather have him and drop him than to have the alternative where he's saving a bunch of games for a good team and I drafted somebody who's going to be my 12th starter or something like that. Um, AJ Minter for me, and I, I I took him pretty late in that slow draft we're doing on, on fan tracks uh, right after Rysel Iglesias went down with, with his injury. Um, I, I think Minter's like clearly their kind of their best option with Iglesias not there in Atlanta and, um, I mean, they they have Joe Jimenez, they have Colin McHugh. Nick Anderson is intriguing here too, though. Yeah, like he's had a really good spring, and and we know how he good how good he was with during his prime years with the Rays. Sure. Um, apparently, like his stuff is all the way back, so that's that's really interesting. But I I don't see him pitching in high leverage situations right away, and and maybe by right. the time that Iglesias comes back, it's not like a, a brutal injury. It's it's just some shoulder inflammation, isn't it? Yeah, that's that's all it appears to be. It sounds like it's more precaution than anything else. Yeah, I, well, I think Minter's going to get some run in the closer role for much of April, and if he pitches well there, which he's proven capable of pitching in high leverage to to great success, 
Um, it wouldn't shock me if if he kind of sticks in that role and and, mm. and the Braves or Atlanta just kind of mixes and matches and Iglesias works sometimes in a setup role and so does Nick Anderson. I, I'm sure it's going to be like a just a, a frustrating mix of, of <laughs> dudes, but um, I love getting Minter in a draft. If you haven't done a draft yet or if he's sitting there on the waiver wire, I, I'd add him for this first stretch of, of real games that we're about to launch into. Yeah, I think that's a great call. And, you know, I know they did give up a couple decent prospects, not great prospects, but decent prospects to get Iglesias, but he could certainly still be valuable for the Braves in real life with uh, a high leverage role rather than a closing and, role. You know, they're calling it in- inflammation right now, but we know how this goes with shoulder stuff. Oh, know? that's a great point too. Yeah, there is uh banned shoulders 2023. We should have banned him a long time ago, but yeah, definitely a scary situation with any pitcher. The the Rangers, again, I think are going to be a good baseball team this year. Again, I could be look really, really stupid for this take. But I think Jose Leclerc is going to get most of the save chances for them, and that's why I'd be drafting him much higher than he's been going. It's not a perfect situation, but like this guy gets as much spin on his fastball literally as anybody in baseball. He has swing and miss stuff. He came back from the injury, and I thought he looked pretty darn good. Did battle a neck thing earlier in camp. But I think he's going to be the closer for the Rangers, and I think that's an actually good position to have right now. I could see him being a 35-save guy, and I can't say that about a lot of guys who are going as late as he is. Yeah, I like that play. Um, We talked about Edwin Diaz. We hadn't really talked about the fill-in options there for the Mets. Mm. Um, I like David Robertson a lot, and I know he's 38 years old. but he was really good last year between the Cubs and the Phillies. 2.40 ERA, 81 strikeouts in 63 and two-thirds innings. Um, and I, I feel like the Buck Showalter is going to want a, a steady closer. He's yeah. obviously established. Yeah, and, and he's an old-school guy. Maybe it, it's Adam Montavino. There's talk of Brooks Raley getting the ninth inning if, if you know, there's some tough left-handed hitters coming up. Um, so Showalter could mix and match with this, but I, I, I think Roberts is going to be really solid. And if he's like solidified in that role throughout the entire year, we're talking like 40 saves is, is within range. Um, oh yeah. And he, he's, he's sitting on draft boards late, you know, his, his ADP is all over the map because he didn't really become a, a, a guy that you would want to target until Diaz went down in the world baseball classic. But um, I, I would love to, to put Robertson in, in one of my little RP roster areas and, and feel good about him and being productive as the closer for what could be, you know, the best team in baseball. Yeah. The only concern I have is I still think because of how much gosh dang money that team spent, they are going to make a trade. I cannot help but think it's either going They're to get be Alexis Diaz, aren't they? <laughs> either Alexis Diaz or David Bednar makes so much sense for that team. And I think their value just goes through the roof if they don't go to the Mets because I think there are plenty of save chances for him. But for now, it's it's Robertson and he's had success. I was not very confident in him fulfilling the role in 2022. I'll be honest with you, based on his troubles in the previous seasons, just staying on the mound and not being very good when he was on the mound. But he, I think you have to say that he's going to be the first option for them and you can certainly do worse. Yep. Uh, some fades. It feels like I'm just going to everybody fade all relievers. <laughs> um, are, are there guys that really stick out to you as, as you don't want to touch this situation or you don't want to touch this, this picture this year? Yeah. So I'll say this. 
this is a better uh, fade category than Ryan had had to do where we had to fade RBI people. And oh my gosh, that was painful. I, I love this job, but that was painful to do because that's a really tough category to fade anybody. And it makes you talk about players like Mookie Betts and Mike Trout and Trey Turner as players that to fade in a category. And that's not fun. It's much more fun to fade somebody like, oh, I don't know, Daniel Bard, because the Rockies are going to be awful. They are going to be a really bad baseball team. And look, I can't help but note what I saw from him in the World Baseball Classic. Yep. Didn't look good, man. Did not look good. And he is not a spring chicken. He was one of my favorite stories. I had no problem with the extension because I have no problem with baseball players getting money. It's really hard for me to imagine that he's going to be a solid closing option. And Drew, I think I stole yours and I apologize for it, but uh, no, that's, no. that's what I happens mean. With I, this stuff. He, he's an obvious one um, yeah. because, you know, Hey, he's, he's had a really nice run with, with the Rockies since he returned to baseball and, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm happy for him that he, he got paid. It's very confusing how the Rockies operate, <laughs> um, but I, I agree with you, man. And I'm rooting for Daniel Bard. Um, yeah, it was amazing that he he was able to come back to baseball. But the a big reason why he left baseball for several years is because the yips, you know, like yep. it was injury related yips. It, you know, this isn't a Rick Ankiel situation, but um, I it seems to me like there might be something mentally going on there. And and yeah. you know, we're dealing in small sample sizes here. Maybe sure. he'll be fine. But even if he's not fine, I, I'm going to fade any Rockies pitcher. Yeah. Um, and I don't think he's like tradable either. So I don't, I don't see him like winding up in a, in a better ballpark in a better situation. I, 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 I would, um, I don't know yeah. I, where he's going in a draft. Yeah. I I'm taking a different reliever or I'm just not even taking a reliever. Yeah. Let me, let me uh, give one caveat to that thing. I have been a huge Denelson Lamette fan for a very long time. If he was to somehow get the closing role, I'd be at least a little bit interested because that stuff is so sick. And it doesn't matter to me yeah. that he's really in Coors Field. Major concerns about him staying healthy, but I think in relief that could be mitigated a little bit. So I'd be at least a little bit interested in Denelson Lamette if he does become the closer. Um, but it's uh, it, it kind of seems like a long shot right now. Yeah. Um. Kendall Graveman, who we talked about earlier. Yeah. I'm just, I'm a, and I think you're right that teams are, will all, often say like, oh, this is going to be closer by committee, but then someone sure. emerges and, and pr- proves to be, you know, just more effective in the role or, you know, whatever is just put into that situation and succeeds. Um, I, I think I don't, the, some White Sox beat writers have been touting Reynaldo Lopez, how good he sure. has looked this spring. Um, and I, I know he's been around a while and he's been in different kind of roles for different kind of teams. Um, but it wouldn't shock me if he gets a lot of save opportunities out of the gate. Aaron Bummers kind of could get save opportunities out of the gate. Um, Joe Kelly could get save opportunities out of the gate. Jake Diekman could get save opportunities out of the gate. Right. If we're going to take the White Sox at their word, um, as they, you know, Liam Hendricks was diagnosed over the offseason with non Hodgkin's lymphoma. We don't know if he's going to pitch this year. I, I, I'm, they're just going to take it carefully. He he has been in White Sox camp, like doing workouts. I don't know if it, it's necessarily workouts toward, you know, a, a timetable to come back right. at some point. We just don't really know. Right. Um, 
but I, I think they're going to maybe maybe mix and match early on. And, and like, Lopez is kind of a sleeper for a guy that could run away with that job. Kendall Graveman's been really awesome at times, but um, he's he hasn't been as dominant lately as, as some of his prime seasons. And he's not a big swing and miss guy. That's never been what he was. He wasn't like that as a starter, and he's not like that really as a relief pitcher. He initiates a ton of weak contact, but he's not going to be an elite strikeout guy. I think this guy is an elite strikeout guy, and he might actually just be too good to be a closer, and that's John Duran. Like, his stuff, him and Andres Munoz, who is another guy that I would be struggling with as a save guy because I just think Paul Seawald is going to get opportunities. Diego Castillo is going to get opportunities. But I think John Duran is too good to be the closer for the Minnesota Twins. I think he's going to be the guy that when you're facing Luis Roberts and Tim Anderson – in a close game in the eighth inning, you're turning to him, and then you've got Jorge Lopez to come and close in close out games. When you're facing that middle of the Red Sox order, the middle of the Astros order in a seventh or in the eighth inning thing, I think Duran is going to be that guy, and he's going to put up elite strikeout numbers. I probably can't approach the ridiculous ERA that he posted last year. Doesn't really have to to have some fantasy relevance, but if you think he's going to be based on what he did last year, like a 35 to 40 save guy. I think you're going to be a pretty disappointed because he's just not going to serve that role, at least not for the start of 2023. It sure doesn't seem like it anyway. Yeah. I mean, he really shouldn't be like yeah. a designated closer. They they should nope. use him more ver- vers- versatile than that. That's not <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's close enough. Um, Alexis Diaz, who we talked about earlier, um, the Reds are so bad. I think Diaz yeah. is really good. You know, the brother yeah, of Ed- Edwin Diaz, but mm-hmm. He's going to be – he's – I mean, the Reds have already been fielding trade calls on him, and they seem open to trading anyone. Um, I think he's, he he probably will get dealt at some point this year. I mean, if it's a smart move if you're a team like the Reds to get rid of a, a reliever that's going to fetch you some kind of prospects because that's what they need to be doing right now. It makes no sense to have a dominant closer on a team that's going to struggle to win 60 games. Um, and I, I see him winding up with a different team and maybe that's great for him. And he, he like joins the Mets and just fills his brother's role there or something. But there's also the risk that he like goes to a team that already has an established closer. I mean, we all know this, it, oh, it's, it's a common thing around the trade deadline, but, and he, and he gets put into like a fireman setup role or, you know, is pitching like Duran might pitch, like going multiple innings at a time or something. Um, I just I wouldn't be so sure that he's going to be the Reds closer all year. And even if he is at the draft date cost, I just is he going to get you 30 saves like that might be the ceiling if he does stay there all year is 30 saves. And I, I just think you can do a little bit better. I love him as a pitcher. Don't love the situation. Yeah, that's a great point. I think that's especially that if he gets traded to a team where he becomes a setup guy, then his value really goes down because. This is not Yon Duran. This is not Andres Munoz, where if he's not in the closer role, he can provide fantasy value. I just don't see those kind of swinging missiles. Very few guys have the ability to have relevancy if they're not saving games. For me, Camilo Duvall, it's about the Giants, man. I just don't think this is a great baseball team. And he's being drafted like sometimes mm-hmm. as like a top 10 closer. And I think that's nuts. And it's nothing to do with him, who I think long term has the ability to be one of the best closers in baseball. 
I just don't think that's going to be what he is in 2022. I think you're paying the future price for him. I can also see Taylor Rogers getting some safe chances for this team and then playing him as a high leverage guy. Gabe Kapler is a pretty open-minded dude in terms of that type of stuff. So I can see him pitching in some eighth inning stuff, high leverage situations and saving Rogers as his closer. Also could see his twin brother saving some games as well. It just all kind of adds up to a mess situation for me. And if I'm drafting somebody like in NFBC leagues, his average draft position was 104. That's crazy to me. That's absolutely insane. Those guys know a heck of a lot more than me, but that's just way too high for me to take a good, but not good, great closer for a not great baseball team. It just doesn't quite add up for me. Yeah, I, I was just thinking about the Diamondbacks because I've I've been high on them and and like all our podcasts and I I had them as an over um I, what is it seventy six and a half I think is their total it's somewhere mm-hmm. around there um I I like them to 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 challenge for five hundred and possibly even like a wild card spot this year if everything goes right but you look at that bullpen and it's like uh <laughs> like I kind yeah. of giggle I guess <laughs> yeah um they're they're a team that has moved you know through this rebuild and they're ready to take that next step and they kind of forgot to 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 figure out the bullpen along the way which which is yeah. actually the, the the way yeah the way that you do come out of a rebuild and maybe they could acquire some pieces and maybe some of their pitching prospects cuz like Dre Jameson um is going to be used in relief what if he emerges i mean they're yeah, going to want him to be a little bit more stretched out than that but like cuz sure. Ryan Nelson uh won that number 5 starter job Dre Jameson has really good stuff like mm-hmm. yeah. Brandon Fat like you know they they have they have some talent there that maybe they, they could work through the bullpen if they're if they're not needed in the rotation. I could see that happening this year, and they, they start, sort of sort it out on the fly. I know that Ginkle was like a plus 7,500 to be the the saves leader this year. Maybe maybe it happens if, if the Diamondbacks are as good as I think they can be. Why do you hate Mark Melanson? I, I'm, I actually do kind of hate Mark Melanson. <laughs> Fair enough. I was going to be like, I, I don't. Uh, you do. do you have any any more i, th- I think we, we covered no the closers as much, much as we can i w- yeah. i refuse to talk uh, that, about a closer for the next 11 months i know i you should be able to like man maybe this is a good idea for a business like hire someone to to run your fantasy bullpen and yeah. hire someone to like to to spend your fab money too to calculate that for you and like they'll give you options you know like this is what we could do and then like they'll send you a text message and you can decide so you don't really have to think about it well you made a lot more money than me for a long time so you're gonna do it for us i don't think that's i don't i don't we can we can compare balance sheets on on next weekend's episode Sounds um, good to me. that'll be it for that'll be it for us thanks for tuning in to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast brought to you by Underdog Fantasy and Fan Tracks. Hopefully, we shed some light on, on ways to attack the saves category, some sleepers, some guys to maybe think about fading. If not, yell at us on Twitter. I'm at Drew Silve. Chris is at Crawford underscore M I L B. Stay tuned for more episodes of opening day just, just around the corner. And peace out. <laughs>